and it's abusive. And this is in and flight, flight entertainment. entertainment. Hey, and uh, we welcome you guys to a new week of movie reviews. Um, and I know this is probably a, a movie that we should have probably saved for October or something, but you know, we wanted to jump right into this one. I mean, you know. Yes, it's sort of a horror movie, but it's also like an end of the world movie, and and with the, with a the virus and Delta variant, it sort of feels like we're always living in the end of the world. So it's appropriate themed for our times. Agreed. Yeah. So actually, these invaders could be the metaphor for the variants. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So the movie we're talking about today is the sequel. Uh, to a quiet place called a quiet place part two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they didn't need to get super complicated with the name. Um, just adding part two worked perfectly fine. Oh, totally, totally. Yes, and um, I believe no, no subheads required. Required. Just keep it simple. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have to go like you know. A quiet place too, even more quieter, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, don't need to do that. Um, yeah, so this movie is um a stars Emily Blunt and well well the John Krasinski in in a flashback type scene. Um so he, he figured out a way to, you know, be in the movie again. Uh, and also, John Krasinski, who, you know, everyone knows Jim from The Office, and I guess he's Jack Ryan in the Amazon series. Um, he's yep. the, yeah, he's the director of the first one and uh, this one. Yeah, he's all, he also wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's taking a step back from being in front of the camera to behind the camera. And it also allows him to work with his wife, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and such a believable couple they are on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this also brings back the two children that were in the first movie um, Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe. Which Noah Jupe is actually going to be in a movie that we review in a couple weeks. So remember that name. Yes. And then the always beautiful, lovely, just Killian mm, Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Scarecrow survived the apocalypse. I always, I will always, I know like everyone know him from what, 20 days later, whatever. But Scarecrow, what well, a newer the new generation would know him as Scarecrow from Batman Begins, uh, as like the villain, one of the sub villains. Um, and he was in a show, right? Peaky, is it Peaky? Yeah, 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 Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you, um, for some reason, like when I go to Tumblr, there's always people posting photos of him from Peaky Blinders, so. Uh, folks may know him from that as well. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's in there now. The you know the movie opens up. Oh, kind of. Let's 
let's let's talk about the IMDb descriptions. So, gotcha. Okay. Uh, the events at home. The Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world, forced to venture into the unknown. They realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. Um, so this movie, it's not super original. It's like any other end of the world movie in that you have a group of people that need to get from point A to point B because they've heard a signal or a rumor that there's a better life beyond where they know. And along the way, they encounter some obstacles, including bad people. Yeah, you know, like you're like General said, you know, it's the end, end of the world playbook. Uh, you know, you can you can throw walking dead scenarios in here. You know, you go from one place of hiding to another place of hiding just to find there's a group of air quote sames that have ulterior motives and not really trying to help the others because we have because of the savagery slash tribalism that humanity has succumbed to. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Like, like Jim would say, you can just, you can paint that on all of the disaster slash apocalyptic scenarios in film. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and the thing about these, these aliens, these monsters, the creatures, um, they are very sensitive to sound, mm-hmm. and so every character has to play the quiet game. Mm-hmm. And if you make a noise, you get killed. <laughs> yeah, make a noise, you die. Uh, rewards. Yeah. It, so, okay, we're gonna review this based off of the view or that people's seen the first one. Um, if you have not seen the first Quiet Place, uh, we are going to kind of spoil some stuff that dovetails into the second because there's a lot, there's events that calls back to the first movie that connects with the second. So if you want to kind of get the gist of what we're talking about, watch the first one and then listen to yeah. the <laughs> Right. But here, here's a quick your key to go turn us off and go watch the first movie but here's a quick two minute synopsis of what happens to the first one okay. uh, we meet the family the husband played by John uh, yeah he, he's a bit of a he, he noodles with electronics because they have a daughter played by Millicent who is deaf and so he's working on creating a hearing aid for her mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, his wife is pregnant and they're preparing for her to have a baby. Things go wrong. He gets dead. They have a baby. Uh, and then realize that the earpiece that, that he's been creating for his daughter uh, actually emits a loud frequency that hurts the creatures. The end. <laughs> wow. Perfectly, uh, perfectly sums up the first one. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I know we're not reviewing the first one. The first one's a, a decent movie, mm-hmm. uh, except it really pissed me off because if it's the end of times and you know any sound is going to, to that you make is going to cause the creatures to come after you and kill you, why are you having a baby? 
just, you know, don't get fucking pregnant. <laughs> it is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> Babies are out. Yeah, that's true. Well, but, but, they, yeah, but they did have a lot of solutions in order to uh, hide the noise of a child. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And and also in the first movie, they discover that being yeah, under uh, running water throws off the sound. So it distorts the sound of humans. So, you know, if you're under a bed of water or say if it rains, you have a better chance of escaping the monsters because they don't know the difference between the sound of rain or water hitting the ground in your footsteps. Uh, so that's another advantage you will have, you know, with with water <laughs> uh, hitting objects around you. Uh, right, so- because the water is sort of damp- not only dampening the sound, but it's causing too many echoes mm-hmm. um, of of all the different pings and pongs of water hitting the ground and other elements around you. It's part of the reason why, like, I, I think a lot of German Shepherd owners. Um, experience this is that their German Shepherds when it rains like the first couple minutes outside the dogs don't want to go mm-hmm. and it's not that they don't like water it's all the extra sound happening right. and their large ears picking up on that mm-hmm. interesting alright so does that, does that happen with Heidi oh yeah mm-hmm. okay. it, t- it takes like a block before she's comfortable in the rain <laughs> Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, it it takes a block before she's comfortable with a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> we love you, Heidi. Anyway, so I going into the movie now. This is for if you've seen the first one. Okay. So this so the sequel opens up surprisingly um doing uh, the first day of the encounter, so to speak, or the invasion, if you want to call it, uh, in the small town that the family that we followed in the first movie is in, you know, and it sets up kind of the people in the town and kind of the community and the people who knows who. And it revolves around this um, kids uh, as junior softball game. Uh, that the sun is in and you know doing that that's when we see you know this blazing flame of looks like a meteor you know in the sky kind of coming down and that's when the townspeople slowly start scrambling like oh what's going on what's happening and that's when we see the monsters or aliens kind of you know ripping the townspeople apart and we're following the family you know trying to get away they're hiding and they finally are sitting in a bar an empty bar everyone is you know cowering they're under the booths they're under tables and you know they're staying quiet um and that's kind of a precursor and then it's the smash title before the movie begins i believe it says day one uh right and then it flash forwards to the last scene in the first one where Emily Blunt uh, finally kind of defeats the, the monster that was trying to kill him in the end of the first movie. And it goes to, you know, the title credits. And then after that, we go, it goes into day 
479, which is the day after the events that happened in the first movie. Um, so I thought it was pretty clever, like how they wedged kind of what happened. You know, like, all right, so that's what happened that led us to the first movie. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty cool how they introduced the flashback without it really being a flashback. It's like, okay, this is what happened in day one. Now we're back to day four seventy, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, and so uh, in the flashback, that's when we see um, uh, Jenna's uh, boyfriend, um, uh, <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> um, you know, he have us, he have us, what son and you know, a wife and all that. And then, you know, we don't see him again, you know, you know, after the day 479. Um, so now they are kind of moving on. They were they were going somewhere because the daughter seen something on a map, right? Like, okay. Well, yeah. Well, not not yet. Their home had been destroyed by the monsters. So right. They had to find a new place to go. And the thing that her and her dad had been doing was every night they would light the fires at the top of their place to let other survivors know who was still alive. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they, they show in the first movies. So she sees on at night that there are survivors um, a ways away and so she maps it out and they decide to walk there to see if they can move in or reside with other survivors to help each other because their house has been destroyed and it's no longer safe for them to stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so they start walking. <laughs> yeah, and during their travels, uh, you know, they come across uh, what did women did the sun step on something? Well, pretty much like they they made a sound, and you know they're yeah, running. Okay. So they they first uh, like towards the end of their first day, uh, they come to this factory, right. and as they're going through the grounds of the factory, the mom sets off a trap that makes a bunch of noise, and so they take off running. At that point, the son steps on something. We won't give it all away. Right. He gets injured, um, and they know for real that the monsters are coming. So they get him out of the trap. They keep running, and that's when they run into Mr. Murphy. Yes. And he brings them into his hiding place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his name is Emmett in the movie. And so... There is kind of like a little bit of catch up. We come to find out that Emmett pretty much completely lost his family uh, during the invasion. And he he knew or he seen the fires across the way where uh, the family was. But he just didn't want to go over there to help because you know trauma. You know, he's seen his family, you know, get massacred and he just wasn't courageous enough to <laughs> go out and help. Um, so he, he stayed in this factory, you know, where he wanted to stay safe. Yeah, I think he may have had some PTSD of watching his wife and child get killed by some creatures. Um, 
But yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, want to, he didn't want to interact with other folks. And so he's, he stayed in the factory hiding. Um, he brings them into his hiding place until the monster, the creature goes away. And at that point, the daughter, Millicent, who really the daughter in this movie um, is the hero. Oh, totally. It, the, the, the mother, the brother, um, Emmett, they're all sort of supporting characters to the daughter saving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was totally it was totally her story, you know, because she was the catalyst, you know, for the you know the the story to move because it was her that took it upon herself to find or or figure out the clues because uh the song Beyond the Sea kept playing kept playing. They keep finding like that song. And so she pieced together like, oh, that actually means we probably need to go towards the sea because it could be the answers we're looking for. Uh so she just took it upon herself to go because you know the mother and her brother is like don't go dad dad you know because he was trying to get somewhere or try to get us somewhere that didn't work uh so she just said F it you know like I'm gonna have to go by myself and go um so this sparked yeah, which, which begins the your normal end of the world type of disaster movie where people are traveling and trying to get to the the place where things are better. Right. And then also it it kickstarts Emmett's uh arc, so to speak, you know, to kind of it's a story. Exactly, right. Because uh, you know, the daughter, you know, was so determined to go, you know, it forces Emmett to act, um, which is <laughs> Uh, awesome. That was awesome. Uh, which yeah, which uh, forces him to act and uh, you know help, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, you know it, it. It was interesting about how this movie is laid out or how it's played out. It, I, it, it's very interesting because how it just picks right up from the first one and it don't really stall far as a character. It's just like, okay, like the dad is dead. It's like, we got to keep moving. And I love how kind of the narrative shifts to the daughter because it, it was kind of pieces were in place to where the daughter and the dad was connected so much that, you know, the do- it was only right that the daughter kind of took the baton. It was like, okay, I'm going to save the, de- the family. Now dad's dead type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. yeah, yeah, agreed. And I mean, do you think people need to see the first one to enjoy this movie? I feel like this movie was definitely better than the first one, but I don't know if you need to watch the first one to understand what's happening because it takes you through a normal, like, story arc for this type of movie. Um, and they explain, like, the daughter's. They explain how the daughter is able to fight the monsters and everything because she shows it to other characters in the movie. So I feel like this is a good standalone movie without having to go watch the first one and be annoyed by pregnancy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I 
Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. Yes, you can drop right into this movie because of the flashback. But I'm gonna say, and but then again, probably not because the first movie was all about at the end, kind of like finding that frequency solution to defend themselves against the alien, like that very like last, you know, and it and it pretty much was the crux of the relationship between the father and daughter. You know, they they built they ultimately built the frequency to hold right, the alien back. But you this is a good story on its own. I mean there's definitely there's a bunch of Easter eggs in this movie for people that watched the first one, but Yeah, but yeah. Do you think knowing that this stands on its own? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, yeah, you could you could drop into the second one, no problem. But then again, actually, if I didn't watch the first one and I watched the second one, like pretty much the first thing would be like, well, how do they figure out the whole frequency thing? I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, because like it didn't explain in the second one. Like the girl just knew what to do. She was like, boop, boop, speaker. Beep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that would go through my mind all during the movie. Like, how did they figure that out? I don't know. How did they do it? This don't really make sense. They didn't show me how they did it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So yeah. So we follow um, the daughter and Mr. Murphy's character out to find the, the better life for them all. Meanwhile, the mom and the brother stay back at the factory because the brother is injured, and so the mom's going to hang out there and. And watch him while they figure out whether or not there is a better life. And I have to say, the editing on this movie was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's one scene where the mom's doing one thing, the brother's doing something, and then the uh, sister is doing something. And they keep, like, you'll be the mom walking, and then it will edit to see the brother walking, and then to edit to see the daughter doing something. And it's just like, a perfect continuous flow of showing the ten- of like building the tension and showing the action between those three characters. Agreed. And then they did it again at the end of you had the daughter fighting a creature and then you had the mom and the brother fighting a creature mm-hmm. and like the juxtaposition and side by side of everything happening in those, like someone starts a fire here, someone sets a fire there. It's just turning on the sound and then the sound happening over here, even though they're hundreds of miles apart. Yeah. You took the, you took the, you took the, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. About the, I was going to get into the editing, but you, there you go. You bet. That's all. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, the, the editing in this movie is just, Oh, it's so so beautiful. It's it makes the movie the editing mm-hmm. because the story is the story, but the editing beautiful. Exactly. Oh, so good. Yeah, agreed. I, I agree. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like a master class. Honestly, if I taught editing class, like this would be one of the movies I, I would show. It was like this is a master class on editing for timing, suspense, and maintain attention between two, three different scenes at once. Yeah. And it all connects. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I, I have one major issue with the movie. Baby. <laughs> well, it's not the baby. I got over that in the first one. Mm. The very first opening scene, which is the flashback, when we're seeing the things fall from the sky, they do the fucking bass. The, it's <laughs> people. Yeah. Top yourself. Yeah, come on, say, say it. Say it again for the people on the back because they're not hearing you. Stop using the face to signify that this is an action movie. We get it. <laughs> we know that. Just stop with the face. Yes, please, please. Oh my. Yeah, do do humanity a service. Production people and post folks and producers. Stop. Don't do it. And with the trailers, please. Don't do it. Stop it. Oh. We're done. We're done. Yeah. I, I had to put, I had to pause the movie and walk away and be like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's like getting PTSD from the base. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. So, needless to say, <clears throat> this movie uh, ends with a cliffhanger that's inevitably going to be a part three. Hopefully. Yeah, it will. <laughs> it made money. It's going to be a part three. Yeah. Well, so, uh, according to IMD Trivia, which you know is always right, mm-hmm. um, John Krasinski didn't want to do a part two, mm-hmm. um, but the the producer convinced him to come in for a pitch, and he wrote the story. Um, didn't think he was going to direct it, but he liked the story so much that he ended up directing it. So hopefully, he will continue to want to follow these characters, even though he keeps saying it's over. Yeah, well, I mean, if they if okay, if they keep writing it. And keep the editor on for the third one. This could be this could be something. This could be a this may go down <clears throat> as one of the best trilogies. Like if they do the third, if they wrap the third one up, like right, yeah, it could it could I could say, all right, I will put this down on one of the like one of like a trilogy that's like okay. If you want to watch a trilogy, watch Cry Play trilogy. You won't like. You won't be disappointed. Like okay, so. So the, the film editor is Michael P. Uh, Schaffer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we need to keep an eye out for him. He did. Oh, he was the editor on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yep, he's he's going places. That guy. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> All right, so our uh, stuck on a tarmac uh, rating goes as follows. Uh, as of the sofa, sit down. It's a good. It's it's a good viewing. You won't be disappointed. You'll enjoy it. Uh, putting on your shoes, contemplating going outside. It's meh. It's middle of the road. It's not the worst. It's not the best. It's eh. Um and go outside. That's the worst of the bunch. That means I will rather go outside, get sneezed on by unvaccinated people before I stay at home and watch this movie. Yeah, I mean it, it's it is uh sit on the sofa and watch it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, mostly because of the editing, but 
It was beautiful. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 this a crisp, tightly edited hour and thirty five minutes. I mean, yeah. this movie is like there's no fat in this movie. Like it is tightly edited. I mean, every shot, every scene, every sequence, like is tight. <laughs> you know, like I, like I said, if I taught an editing class, this would be a movie I would show the students. Like, okay, you guys want to know how to edit, how a tightly edited film is based off of the genre and the theme. What this Quiet Place Two is what we're gonna watch today. Um, yeah, hats off. Yeah, very tight. They're, they're, I enjoyed it. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So, if you want to watch the movie, uh, it is on Paramount Paramount Plus, uh, which here in the U.S. is a stri- streaming channel you can download by. Um, you can do a one week free to watch the movie if you want to sort of game the system. But it's also, I believe, it is at theaters in some locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I guess it is on, like on digital also for rent, or is it just it's still in theaters and um, uh, Paramount? Probably still. I don't think you can rent it yet. I don't think. Uh, I think it's just Paramount, Paramount, and theaters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Usually. Hmm. Uh, but it looks like on Amazon Prime you can buy it uh, for like $20. Ooh, right on. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, so there you have it, guys. A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, yeah, we definitely suggest this one. It was very entertaining. It delivered for like what it was and then some. A uh, simple story, but me and General pointed out a lot of good things it did in other areas that elevated this simple story and, you know, visually, and we dug it. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. And I I enjoyed it more than the first one. So if you're like me and the first one, you're just kind of like, eh, definitely give the second one a, a shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's like, yeah, it's like Batman, like Batman Begins, like Batman Begins was good. It was good. But then Dark Knight comes out. It's like, oh, <laughs> better. So, but yeah, it's one of those. Like, yeah, like, like Jen was saying, quiet, uh, the first Quiet Place is a decent base, you know, far as the story. But then go watch Quiet Place 2. You're like, oh, OK. Like, all right. <laughs> we ended now. Uh, so cool. Uh, we'll see you guys Thursday for our throwback. Until then, we wish everyone safe, physical, distancing, and get your fucking vaccines, people. Yes, we tired of wearing masks, y'all. Peace.